Oh, hello. Uh, wow. What? <laughs> oh, the French. <laughs> I didn't see you there, Internet. Welcome to Updated Autopsy Report, a podcast from Yotsubet and Friends, where we replay the entire Ace Attorney series with longtime fans and newcomers. I'm your host, Ben, and with me today is Desi. I don't know how I feel about this intro. And two dear friends of ours, Tiago. Noted for their excellence. <laughs> Noted for his same French excellence. And Rose. Bonjour, everybody. <laughs> I'm sitting this fucking episode out. I took high school French, and I'm not afraid to use it. Ooh, a That's a threat. <laughs> uh... Desi and I are the longtime fans, and Rose and Tiago are the newcomers. We hope that through both of our perspectives as we play through this series, it'll reveal new details and provide <clears throat> interesting commentary for a series that's near and dear to us today. We have all played through 3-3, Recipe for a Turnabout, the third case of Ace Attorney, Trials, and Tribulations. Uh, this one... Uh, we've said this probably a dozen times now, but in case this is your first time listening, this case is actually an excised case from Game 2. It was originally part of the planning doc uh, for uh, the second game in the series, but due to size constraints and all that good stuff, they had to remove it and push it back, and they saved it for Game 3 here. Uh, now, granted, it underwent some tweaks uh, in the meantime since then. <clears throat> Excuse me, but uh, but yeah, this is a case that hmm, it's a weird one. I think <laughs> I don't know how everybody else felt about this one, but uh, we start off by meeting uh, Gumshoe. We're hanging out in our office with Maya. And Gumshoe comes in. I don't want to interrupt, but there's actually something that happens right before that scene. Okay, would you like to describe it? Yeah, I'd love to do it. Well, this is my first time stepping in, so now I feel like an asshole, but here I am. (laughs) Um, Go, go. So, like, first it starts off with uh, the judge looking down and being like, this is by far the worst defense I've ever seen. And then we see, like, fucking Winston Payne being like, oh, now you have finally lost. And then the camera pans over, and then it's our boy Phoenix Wright, question mark, sweating. And then we... Uh, and then, yeah, de- the client is declared guilty. Yeah, yeah, he goes to black. That's the intro. Yeah, uh, and uh, then yeah, in January, a month later, uh, we are sitting in Wright's office, you know, and uh, Gumshoe comes barging in the door, angry as all hell. Says, "What? What's going on, Phoenix? Why'd you fuck up so badly? My good friend." Maggie Bird is now in prison because of you. Why'd you fuck up the uh, trial so badly? And you're like, what, what trial? I, I didn't take Maggie on as a client. What's, what's going on here? And uh, you seem to come to the understanding that there is a phony Phoenix Wright running around. Uh, so you're like, well, I, I guess I can help. And, you know, we do the comedy bit of, like, well, Phoenix, obviously you got her into this mess, so you better get her out. Uh, Which is uh, a fun bit to railroad Phoenix into it. He's like, it's not me! 
And then uh, actually, every- that was not a fun bit. I was very frustrated by that. <laughs> oh, okay. I was, I was like, oh, it's such a goof, but ha, huh, fuck you. That obviously wasn't Phoenix, right? You dumb fuck. I literally <laughs> spent really the, the entire case is now going to be with like this little tint of everyone going, why'd you fuck up so bad, Phoenix? And Phoenix going every time, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I, it wasn't me. I'm begging you, please recognize that. Court literally huh? grants him grants him a mistrial on a like because they recognize that it was clearly not him, mm-hmm. and everyone is like, "Wow, it was definitely you!" Like, no, <laughs> why do you think I'm here? Um, I I think it's a bit that plays well in the first day, and then on the second day, I'm like, "Please, God, strike me down!" Right. <laughs> Uh, so you get to go to the detention center and meet Maggie, and uh, she goes, "Hey." Um, and for, first, she's upset at you, and then you re- ask her, "You know, did you actually get defended by me?" She's like, "Well, now that I think about it, he did look kind of different from you." Um, so you start investigating, obviously, because no, you're not going to let Maggie. <laughs> I leave Maggie high and dry. Yeah, Maggie's uh, hot. We can't let her be arrested. <laughs> she's and uh, so she's cute. also she's wearing a waitress's outfit. This goofy, bright orange made outfit. A fucking type looking prison thing. of her own making. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's because she's working at this restaurant, uh, Tre Bien, and uh, it's this new hot French restaurant in the area. Uh, so you start investigating. I don't think hot is the right word. I mean, like, hot as in, like, it's happening. Uh, But, of course, yes, once we get there, uh, we meet the owner's restaurant, Jean Armstrong. Uh, (laughs) We sure did. Well, yep, we we meet him. And uh, then we also uh, understand the facts of the case, which is the person who was murdered was Glenn Elg, uh, a programmer who's got a Dragon Ball Scouter on, and he was poisoned, supposedly, by Maggie in his coffee and died right there at the restaurant. Uh, You begin doing your various investigations. Uh, You lose your Magatama briefly for a little bit on the first day here. Uh, You also go by the uh, park, Vitamin Square, which is behind the restaurant, and find an old man who was one of the witnesses uh and uh yeah you uh this old man uh is quite the character <laughs> victor kudo who has i think one of my favorite themes of the game, of the game so far my, you like that, my you favorite like that theme song yeah. character theme also appeared in this i'm Ooh. switching it off of pearls i'm switching it to a new character Ooh. okay no we'll loyalty see. to pearl <laughs> oh no i love her but hold hold on though Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll wait. Uh, so, um, the let me get back to my summary here. Sorry, I clicked away from it. Uh, and so the there's a, a CD here, which uh, people make note of, called uh, labeled MC Bomber. Uh, and we just uh, you're gonna have to file that away for later because that doesn't come up till the end of the case. Then, mm-hmm. uh, and Compact uh, disc. Yeah, and Phoenix also briefly meets uh, his impersonator, uh, who is a, a wild character 
called Furio Tigre, who looks like a Yakuza character uh, with bright red skin <laughs> and a bright red jacket with a tiger on it. Yeah, he looks like an Oni, like... Yeah. yeah, and then he's and he does have hair sort of similar to Phoenix's, uh, with the spiky spiked slicked back hair, but um, other than that, yeah, you have to look at him and go, how did anybody make this mistake? So uh, like, what's <laughs> Phoenix Wright's step like his original name? Ryuichi. Uh, Ryu yeah, Ryuichi Naruhodo. So Ryuichi, that has the character like Ryu's dragon, right? Like this is supposed to be the tiger to Phoenix Wright's dragon. Mm-hmm. That's why he Didn't has the. He, he had a dragon on his shirt too. Yeah. Yeah, tiger fighting a dragon. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this, this is the guy, the new theme song for Rose. Because holy shit. Oh yeah, he does go <laughs> hard. It's so funny. I was wild about it. Um. He, he also rides this beat up pink scooter around. He stole is, that. He actively is, stole that. Uh, he clearly got into an accident with it. Um, so yeah, uh, th- this one, I think it gets a little messy because I was like working on the outline for this and I was like, holy crap, this is, <laughs> this is a little much to keep straight here. There's uh, a lot of stuff, like a lot of moving parts in this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the general gist for day one is you're mostly going up against, um, Victor, uh, Kudo in the, uh, courtroom and trying to prove that, you know, he witnessed things incorrectly. That, you know, because there was a whole bunch of contradictions that don't make sense with the evidence. Discrediting his... And so, you, you yeah, your main goal was discrediting him. And uh, as you go up against Goto, there's a lot of back and forth and a lot of old man, like, insisting that, no, 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 I really did see what I saw. Uh, which, you know, we'll come back to that again later. Uh but uh, yeah, for this like first half, as we get in, like got into the case, then for general vibes, how did y'all uh, feel about the the start of this case? Do you want to start with you, Rose? Um. Okay. This case had a lot of vibes. Some of them were fun. Some of them were not so fun. Um. I feel like I may as well just open our our can of worms right off the bat. Last. If episode. you'd like, sure, go ahead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> listen, I'm gay. Uh, and last episode, we talked about uh, some old, early 2000s homophobia, possibly appearing in this case, um, with uh, poor Mr. Armstrong, Chef mm-hmm. Armstrong, who is um, just really aggressively French and also, like, kind of gay. Like, I, I gotta say... I am of two minds. One, I thought it was going to be so much worse. Holy shit. I was, mm-hmm. I looked at that character design and I thought, oh, this is going to be so bad. Mm-hmm. And like, other than like a couple of goofs with like Maya and the judge, like calling him like, oh, are you a woman? Like a couple of times. Right. It wasn't, I guess I was braced for so much worse. You know, right? And I couldn't remember how bad it got. You know, and like I... uh, honestly, the most offensive thing about him is that he immediately tries to sell me essential oils, um, <laughs> right, which right. pissed me off. Now, in the year of our Lord twenty twenty two, a lot more oh, than like yeah. some slightly misplaced homophobia, and also like you know, as somebody who you know may enjoy some Japanese 
uh, media now and again, I think it, it is definitely important to consider like gay culture and drag culture is really, especially drag culture is so different over there. And so right. sometimes like, you know, the big example of like one piece, you know, there's some characters oh in there that we God. as a Western audience look at and go, huh, but like, offensive. that character's based off a real person who okayed it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like. Wait, <laughs> really? Yeah, um, the, uh, Ivankanov is based off of a Japanese drag queen who is actually friends, um, with the author, like, personally. <laughs> so oh, it's like, yeah, so it's kind of like. You know, it's so different over there. I so think kind of like on the other hand, though, like I, you know, I could have done without some of those bits because there was no joke. There's no funny. Yeah, right. yeah. Every interaction with, I thought their name was Clarice Armstrong, but that I remember that's their poet name, because uh, they write poetry, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, Armstrong. Uh, you know what? Could have been a lot fucking worse. It could, it could have been, been a lot. It, so much worse. It, it could have been better. Yeah. I do. I do have here uh, from the localizer. Oh uh, yeah, I do want to hear this. The yeah, defense. The main, yeah, this is Janet Shu. She is one of the main people who has localized the series past game one. Um, so from game two onward, she's always been a huge impact and one of the leads on localizing the series. So I put a lot of stock in her opinion. And she has done a lot of interviews and a lot of blog posting about the work that's gone into these games and how to localize them. And this is a blog post from the Capcom community blogs uh, from 2014. So put that context on it. 2014 already. Uh, So we're eight years ago. And then this is also talking about a game that was made 10 years ago uh, from that point as well. So... Uh, You know, Phoenix Wright is a series now that's uh, 20 years old. Uh, So she writes um, that she did want to clear up some of the misconceptions and localization issues surrounding his gender and sexuality and goes into some of the details about the differences between Japanese concepts of gender and sexuality and how they don't map one-to-one onto Western ideas uh, and says, in the Japanese version, Jean is a typical Okama character. At the same time, at the time, the word Okama was generally used as a catch-all for a feminine acting man and has been the go-to word since the Edo period. While that usually implied that the man in question was gay, the word was also used for any biologically male person who did drag or spoke like a woman, regardless of their gender or sexuality, even trans women. Nowadays, similar to the way that the word queer is used in the West, but not entirely the same, Okama is considered derogatory and discriminatory though some people will still call themselves Okama occasionally. Since adopting the English word gay, it has actually become more culturally acceptable to refer to actual gay men as gay, uh, or the more form- formal word, uh, doseisha, uh, literally a person who loves the same sex. So given all this, she continues, what that meant for the localized version was that I had to take a very vague and different concept of gay and localize it in a way that would be understandable to Western audiences. Using all the info that we get about Jean in the game, the answer I came up with was that he is a gay cis man who enjoys performing non-passing drag. I thought or- you were going to say, my, it, it ended up being, I needed to make it westernized, so gay meant French. 
<laughs> no. Uh, no. So, ah, the the French. Ah, the French. So, to put it in a more concrete way, uh, Jean's drag persona, which I have dubbed the campy French maiden Jean, (laughs) is all we see during the investigation segments. But in court, he still identifies himself as a man to the judge when asked what he what gender he is. Unfortunately, back in two thousand seven, the general public's understanding of gender and sexuality was not as informed or as nuanced as it is today. So I think Jean still caused a lot of confusion in the English version, but I hope this has cleared it up somewhat. Uh, so in terms of how characters reference Jean, I admit it would have been better if they used female pronouns out of respect for his drag persona once they realized it was a persona. But in addition to the fact that I can't add any extra text boxes to the game, I felt it would have been too controversial and hard to explain in game back then. Furthermore, because he and his persona are not given separate names, it becomes very confusing very quickly as to when the characters are talking about the campy French maiden, Jean, and when they're talking about the man-slash-legal witness, Mr. Jean Armstrong. That said, I feel society is making progress to the point where things like calling people by their preferred gender pronoun is slowly becoming the socially correct thing to do, so I hope that someday I won't need to provide an explanation in-game. So I thought that was a fairly reasonable and uh, even-handed take on things that takes into context both the literal production of the game and also, you know, just how society was, uh, how accepting society was of things like this, uh, both at the time the game was localized and when it was originally made. Um, So we're operating like through three or four layers here between the original game being Japanese and then being localized and then the time at which it was localized and the people who had to localize it, you know? Uh, And all that said, I feel like her take on it is, you know, like I said, is I think it's fairly measured here. Um, Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's it's one of those things where I, uh, I wish, uh, yeah, I wish we could have gotten it, you know, handled a little better. Um, but I, I think this uh, helps at least a little bit provide some more context <laughs> for that, everything. That makes a lot of sense to me and definitely was like sort of the vibe I was getting. Like, you know, earlier I mentioned like Japanese right. drag culture, which I don't know a ton about. I know a little more about American drag culture, but I still sort of picked up the vibe immediately. Right. Um. But like, yeah, I don't like it wasn't great, but like didn't feel like it just felt kind of stupid rather than like harmful you know right kind of like oh this joke isn't funny let's move on you know and here's the fun part i also went and researched some of takumi's original blogs about uh this case to see if he gave any additional context for what he was thinking when he was coming up with some of the npcs for this case uh and there was nothing that i could find uh, so if anybody who's if anybody is listening and happens to find some stuff, I'd be very curious uh, to see what Takumi says about it in his own words. Um, but I could not in this. He he talks about the bento box and in, in his whole blog post. Really, all, that's all, what he talks about. It's you know what? all about the bento box. I mean, actually, uh, he, thank God. <laughs> it, it, here, here's okay. 
I don't know. Let, 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 let me let, let me go get around the table here first before I go into the oh, yeah. Takumi corner. I let, didn't let me, even let, actually get... talk about the case. We just right. Like let, I let, said, I wanted to get it out of the way, <laughs> rip off yeah. the bandaid because that's how we ended the last episode. Right. To say, well, that was nowhere near as bad as I thought it was going to be, huh? Yeah, I'm um, okay. Uh, I again didn't really appreciate that he immediately started giving the essential oils, though. Like. Oh boy, like that, that pissed me off so much more than anything else. I was like, you, you did this. You're the murderer. <laughs> Not joining your MLM. Um, mlem. I, yeah, the mlem. Uh, you know, there was some fun parts of this case. I struggled with the um, Victor Kudo segment. And everything around that, because as we've discussed a little previously, I'm dyslexic, mm-hmm. and so me too. Yeah, Not dys- I don't know. I can't say that I'm dyslexic, but I I have a very very difficult time getting my left and right figured out. Yeah, um, I struggle with that. I struggle with a couple other, you know, learning disability based things. Um, which have not been an issue, but the left-right thing has been an issue in this game, and this entire segment is like, oh, he drank out of the cup, and his the mark of the cup meant that he was holding it in his right hand, and his left hand, or the his visor was on the... So it wasn't, like, right up until the end, where, like, they're like, oh, he wears a visor on his left eye, like, in the description, that I was like, okay, like, or his right eye, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I know it's like time. you're looking you're looking at a picture of him and it's on his left eye but when you're looking at it it's on the right side because it's a picture but you have to remember it's it's flipped because it's a picture and it's, <laughs> oh god uh this is the sound of me crying so that whole segment was a wash for me I had to also I'm kind of that old man had like one funny goof and, like, his animation where he throws the seeds at you is pretty hilarious. But other yeah. than, like, that one one bit um, where you get him to tell you information, I didn't care for him very much. Um, oh, yeah, I guess we should get... <laughs> talk so, about So, actually, that we should too. talk about the thing that I found more problematic than anything to do with <laughs> Chef Armstrong. Oh, well, I mean... <laughs> which is, this old man is creeping on my girl Maggie... Mm-hmm. Um. Now he draws a line. He you does try, draw you put, a line. Thank God. You put you put a waitress outfit on Maya. Cute. Um. Mm-hmm. Also, another one of my favorite uh, Maya Maya bit. Um. When you come into the restaurant, um, she runs up to you and she says, "Uh, Bone Avenue" instead of <laughs> "Um, Bienvenue." Yeah. <laughs> and that made me laugh so hard. Um, Bone Avenue is the name of my new early 2000s pop punk band. Yes. <laughs> I'm joining. Um, and so you she, you figure out this old man likes waitresses. So you take Maya dressed in the waitress outfit to question him. And he looks at Maya and he goes, no. What are you, a child? Go play on the slide. Fuck off. <laughs> um, which... I guess it's better, better than nothing. Um, <laughs> and then you turn around, and and Maya has summoned Mia, uh, big titties and all, mm-hmm. and he immediately tells you all the information you need to know. And that was, one, again, vaguely, 
like I can't pinpoint what's wrong exactly feels a little problematic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but also like I did laugh. I did think it was funny. And at the end, he yeah, was like, I, mean, I can't fucking believe she did this to me and takes off and she doesn't help you at all through the rest of the case. <laughs> I mean, she did the most important job possible. Um, it I... was very funny. But yeah, yeah, I got sick of the old man segment. I did much better on the last day of the case. I was on a roll. I was doing fine. But I really struggled in the first half because of the right-left thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um... So. I did too, so I just shut my brain off and let Ben do it. <laughs> <laughs> I respect it, my friend. So when it came to Victor Kudo, the most controversial man in this case so far, and that actually says <laughs> fucking something, um, I was like, you know what? He's got taste. <laughs> wow. I mean, again, it's better than nothing. He's got taste. Savisu, savisu. As as my grandfather would say, that's better than a poke in the eye with a sharp stick, which is Jesus. one of my favorite stupid things that my grandpa says. It's um, a very low bar. So it's you, really relatable. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot. Okay, okay, man, Victor. Take us away. So Victor Kudo, a lot of his like thing is basically disproving his test, not disproving his testimony, but getting him to be an unreliable witness. And it turns out he is an unreliable witness due to a circumstance that is revealed in the second day, but that's day two. But um, technically, his his memory of things is correct. It is correct, yes. <laughs> yes. He <laughs> does witness a person put a powder into a drink, serve it to a man, and that man does cough and lean over. Yeah. That is a series of events that he saw. And his left and hand, he and started. his right hand, and his cup, and yada yada yada. And, and Victor breaks the the vase. Victor breaks the vase. We now, have to call him by his full name. He gets Victor three cops. He gets three No, coffee. no, you. We have to call him his name, Rose. You know what it is. <laughs> I for listeners. Um. I was gonna say this is gonna be a bizarre yeah, conversation. Uh, this is a for friend the group. This is a friend group issue. But I, uh, so I play this little game called Dungeons and Dragons, and that's my character's name. And I'll show myself out. Well, it's we all play Dungeons and Dragons. That's the oh, secret captain. I was, I was throwing myself on that grenade for you guys. Actually, no, I heard that's cool now. We no, all the grenade, the, the grenade's game, not live anyway. It's like that scene from Captain America. It's not a live grenade. It just means yeah. you're going to become the next Captain America, Rose. It was oh. just a test. It was just a test. Congratulations, well. you're the new captain. Um, <laughs> I so, don't want this. <laughs> so, um, a lot of it's like, oh, Victor didn't see... Mr. Kudo didn't mm -hmm. see the waitress's face because he only saw her from behind. I'm glad they didn't make a joke about him staring at her ass because that's definitely what he was doing. But, like, I have to be... Because we've got to question this, right? Does he have, like, a wait... A, like a waitress outfit fetish like it's not even about the person in the outfit it's just about the outfit which is like so. <laughs> specific because he didn't be like yeah she had a fine ass she he said like the straps on her waitress thing. and i was like wait what the fuck dude <laughs> yeah i think he does straight up say when you talk to him the first time like he, he just likes the outfit now i like to think that this is because he is a working man and therefore, he has a fetish towards people in a working industry. Because <laughs> he's a proletarian. <laughs> he's like, this is so heavy-handed. 
<laughs> no, this is all bullshit. He's kind of weird. I mean, um, they're not even like he get, he gets really mad about how sexy the outfits are. They're not like it's, it's the joke, right? Yeah, yeah they're, exactly. They're, they're not revealing <laughs> at all. They're like, really ba- they're really basic, you know, made waitress looking outfits. I kept, and I kept looking he's like to, oh, so salacious. I kept looking to be like, is it a crop top? It can't be a crop top that they're it's wearing, not. and it's not. It's not. It's just an apron. Um, and then it you is know, it, the game does like indulge though a little bit. It is kind of funny because it does take every excuse to put each female character in the outfit like we go out of our way to see maya in it and mia <laughs> yeah, and, and maggie, maggie. Every, everybody gets to wear wear it so that yeah, oh my god shit. is that literally There's all the sprites. ladies in this case that and well here's the thing even the creepy girl then is uh is, wears it fuck. but you only see it in a flashback it just that's, 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 There's the no only, that's the only one i would be interested in seeing the waitress <laughs> outfit no there is one more person and let me blow your mind rose this game was supposed to take place during Game 2, which had Franziska von Karma as our prosecutor. You know, in a, I'm a, mm. In an alternate <laughs> timeline. <laughs> I I actually don't know if I want that. That's fair. I, I, I'll think about it. I'll, no further I'll, questions, Your Honor. I'll put it on my desk. I'll get back to you in uh, three to five business days. Uh, okay. Please, I need that in an hour, actually. The, court, the case is soon. Um, so it's Sunday, that'll be overtime. <laughs> oh shit, I'm stating our podcast. Oh, oh, you did it. Um, so like you know, the first day is whatever. We disprove Victor Kudo. Something's funny going on with his sequence of events. The testimonies between Victor Kudo, between Maggie, between um, those are the only two people we've talked to so far. Mm-hmm. And then we move to day day two. I'm gonna let yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, then uh, after we are able to prolong the trial to day two, uh, you start to get a little more info. One, we get to interact with Gumshoe a bit more and ask him to look into some of the evidence. Uh, We also start to get hints that there's something wrong at the police station. Uh, Everybody's freaking out and, uh, you know, there's something wrong with the computers. So you're like, oh, what could be going on here? Uh, you go to Glenn's job, uh, the computer, uh, you know, uh, I, they, they do a joke where like, it's very vague what he actually does there at, at this, uh, company, but it's essentially just, you know, uh, like inventory and analyst, uh, you know, computer software that they make for folks. That's me. I do that and, now. Uh, yeah. I'm in there now. And, I have a hot boss now. That boss was hot. And uh, and we also get more in depth on Glenn's uh, gambling problem that he has. That's uh, also he's me. Been, he's been betting on horse horse races uh, and buying lottery tickets. And a lottery ticket is uh, actually fairly critical to this case. We didn't bring it up yet, but Glenn supposedly won half million dollars uh, off of a lottery ticket, and then immediately died right after hearing it on the radio. Uh, so again, that is, that is coming, uh, into the four now, uh, for the second day. Lastly, then you get to go to the tender lender, the, uh, loan shark office of, uh, Furio Tigre, and also, uh, the, oh shoot, now I'm blanking on the woman with him, uh, Viola. Viola. 
Viola yeah. Cadaverini. Cadaverini, yeah. Ah! Baver- who is seen in an earlier scene extorting from Jean Armstrong. Right, yeah. She's so- a psycho. She's a fucking, she's mean and lean and... Uh, lean is a good word. <laughs> they play her up to be like this like oh my god dude she's so sick in the head she'll she'll cut you up and it's like but then she's not <laughs> buddy a stiff breeze would solve my problem <laughs> oh yeah i just i just like yeah. kick her in the back of the knee once she's done yeah she shatters like porcelain like and i i cannot stress this enough i do love that in a character <laughs> that's true looks like uh, a soul leader character yeah, yeah. Jesus. Oh, Jesus Christ! And it, it did come up. Yeah, <laughs> Death uh, coming at me with a knife. <laughs> so basically, uh, Jean uh, owes money to the tender lender uh, company uh, to Furio Tigre, and so uh, Tigre and Viola have this, you know, uh, little business that they've been working on. But uh, part of all this. Uh, as it starts to unravel, is that Viola's father is Bruto uh, Cadaverini, who is one of the most powerful and dangerous crime lords, you know, in the city. Uh, Gumshoe tells this to you in hushed tones, like, even the cops can't take him down, uh, just to, you know, raise the stakes here. And uh, we find out, as we start to break things down finally, uh, get all the evidence through the investigation phase and get into the courtroom, that the real thrust of the case is Furio Tigre crashed his pink moped into Viola's car, causing a huge uh, $1 million hospital operation to save her life. He, uh, of course, finds out that she is Cadaverini's uh, granddaughter and is like, oh, well, shit, okay, I have to pay for this or else I'm dead meat. Uh, So he, you know, uh, used his loan shark business to, you know, raise a whole bunch of money and take care of this uh, super expensive operation. Uh, And, you know, guess what? Bills were coming due. And so he was uh, hustling down everybody who owed him money, which included Glenn. And, uh, you know, hey, when he found out that Glenn had written this really, really cool computer virus called uh you know uh mc bomber mc bomber yes thank you uh the mc bomber uh virus uh which was supposedly also worth millions then uh well things happened as you saw then and he killed him in the restaurant and then set up a second fake murder after the fact to create the witness that was uh victor uh kudo so this was quite elaborate, uh, all things considered. And Phoenix also says, well, you know, you know, it'd be really strange for you to leave this many uh, loose ends here. And that is why uh, Tigre also then posed as Phoenix and defended uh, Maggie to basically ensure that she got a terrible defense <laughs> and that everything went the correct way. Uh, then you do something pretty wild at the end of this case. Uh, to trick Tigre into admitting that he was behind all this, um, you you straight up lie in court. 
It was um, a it was a bluff, Your Honor. My, Your Honor, <laughs> I was me. simply go- new boot goofing. <laughs> How did you feel about this? Dark I feel like this is a Dark really age of the law. Yeah, I know, I know, Dark Age of the Law, but it feels like a really wild thing that the game just all of a sudden you get one bit of dialogue where Phoenix is like, you know, with all these phonies in this case, maybe it's time for some phony evidence, and you are like, oh, what, Phoenix? I was so bamboozled. I was, like, serious. Like, obviously, I knew what he wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. But I was like, we shouldn't be doing this, Nick. What are we doing? This this feels like a little bit of a mistake. (laughs) This might come back to bite us. But yeah, you get the, uh, what is a bottle of Glenn's medication. And you, it has... Furio Tigre's fingerprints on it, and instead you claim that it is not his medication, but it is the poison. And Tigre goes, no, that's not the poison. Of course that's not the poison. The poison bottle looks like a little brown bottle, not that little green thing. Uh, And that is what gets him, of course, because he would have not had the chance to see the bottle during this court session unless, uh, you know, he had actually held it himself and done the poisoning. And so that's what uh, finally catches him. Uh, but yeah, you straight up lie, <laughs> and so, nobody seems to call you out on it. There's no hemming or hawing about it. You get one bit of dialogue, and then you're at the selection screen for choosing your lie. <laughs> I so here's the thing that <laughs> fucks me up the most about this, and it's simply like a logic thing. I don't care that Phoenix Wright lies. We all lie in court. Apparently, every <laughs> fucking person does it. <laughs> Literally every witness so far has lied in court and then like got a slap on the wrist and got to go home. Not Maya. Uh, she doesn't know it yet, but she lied. Um, the thing what? that fucks me up, what? she probably lied did, at one point. Who did cares? I miss something? She probably lied at one point. That's the thing though, right? Here's the thing that fucks me up. It's simply a thought about this. Furio Tigre was the, imp- the Phoenix Wright impersonator who handled the first trial and got Maggie, essentially his own client, Straight to jail, right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't he have seen the poison bottle in that case? That like in the in the December third case, the one that happens a month before Phoenix Wright takes over, the real Phoenix Wright, Fear right. Tigre impersonates Phoenix Wright. And in his impersonation gets Maggie or like basically fucks up the whole defense on purpose to get her fucking guilty. Right. Wouldn't he have seen the poison in the in that trial? Yeah, probably. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing that fucks me up the most is that like he, he, we all admitted to the fact that he what like fucking even Goto's like just because he's the impersonator doesn't mean he did the murder. And part but, of me's like, like, why else? Exactly. Like <laughs> this. Well, maybe like, he didn't see it because they said when he was killed the first time, the the real. Uh, Ned was killed the first time, or whatever his name is. Glenn. Um, yeah. Glenn. He had the medicine in his pocket, and it fell out after he was killed and taken back to the kitchen. No, but like he, so like the thing is though, is that he would have seen the brown bottle, the real poison bottle, in the first case, like when he took over. For you, Tigre had a situation. Where it was totally because it was found in Maggie's apron. Yeah, he would have seen the brown bottle in Maggie's apron because that was one of the like de facto reasons that Maggie was arrested. Right. So like, 
it's a so lot this like case end is unsatisfying as hell. <laughs> I I love this case because there are so many moving parts. Because like there's so many different like motivations between every character. Even she like Armstrong is complex, and that actually says something. Considering that I thought he was just gonna be a stereotype, I yeah, like. He's actually kind of a kind of an interesting character. Yeah, he becomes an unwilling accomplice because of his debt to Tender Lender, and like is also a kleptomaniac. Like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> also, yeah, also a kleptomaniac, yeah. He stole again, the fucking... He's a pickpocket who stole my Magatama? And a Young Living rep, which is it, terrible. <laughs> now, you so can like, say it's Deuterra, but we all know it's Young Living. So, like, I don't mind that there was a gotcha scenario, but, like, I feel like the gotcha scenario, like, this one, wasn't done as well as it done was it done in, um... The previous Luke, case. Luke Atme's situation. Because Luke Atme's yeah. situation, they displayed information that he was straight up not privy to, that makes sense. Furio would have absolutely seen the brown bottle in the first, in his, uh, what is essentially the phony trial. Right. So, like, we get him on this weird technicality. It's the fact that the judge and Goto are both are like, wow, Phoenix, he got him. And I was like, <laughs> did I? That's all it took? What? It was yeah. not, it was not good. I didn't like the end. It was I, very abrupt. It was it's, nice to give Maggie, Maggie the lunchbox, which, uh, you know, I, whatever. But, eh. Yeah. Yeah, there's no, a, there, there's the be, subplot between Gumshoe and the wieners and the... Yeah. And so, so, like, Gumshoe loves Maggie. I don't blame him. Maggie's She's cute. She's cute. Um, but, like, Gumshoe also testified against Maggie and gave, for the first time in his life, an ironclad testimony. Which was the most fucked up thing he could have done, apparently. Purely by accident. Purely by <laughs> he accident. He was trying not to, and he did anyway. So, like, Maggie hates him, and then he, like, gives you a bento box, and he's like, give this to Maggie, and Maggie goes, I hate this, and then you, Phoenix Wright, and fucking Maya eat it sadly in the detention center in front of Maggie. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was so fucking but... sad. You're, she's just like, Maya, you should eat these. And Maya's like, yeah, I will, and then, actually. And then Maggie's like, was it good afterwards? Like, what the fuck, Maggie? You could have eaten it. Because she wants it, but she's mad at Gumshoe because he is moderately incompetent. On the other hand, he is my hero, and he once again saved me from gangsters. Oh, yeah. When, he, when, I got him, when he came in with the evidence of the bottle of the fingerprints, that shot of him holding the bag up is so legitimately cute. the, the cutest thing. Also, like... <laughs> also when um, Tigre grabs you in the restaurant right. and tries to steal evidence from you, like a certain somebody did in game one, Gumshoe runs in and grabs you and fights him off so that you and Maya can run away. Like yeah, With the medical got... papers, yeah. Well, while that stock tiger noise is playing in the background, which that's a very good noise, was very good. Also, the gag where people keep hiding under their desks. It's really <laughs> fucking good. Pans back up. You and get it's the rare uh, judge's seat. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, that, you, I'm not supposed to see that. You pan over to Maya, and it's just her text box in front of the empty background. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. That um, was a good bit. When Phoenix objects and he's still under the table. <laughs> I like it's so funny. I just wish the case had been better. 
this case brought in interesting characters and an interest like literally the entire plot of this case is like relatively like a lot of moving parts and it was super solid it's just that i feel like on the ending it was like they were kind of desperate for like a gotcha ending and that's what they came up with the mm-hmm. only like the only there's only like one way that would have made sense and that's if the poison was found in the second trial not the first but like if that was the case then maggie wouldn't have been arrested on site so it's like all these things and like t gray as a killer is interesting because even the way he kills wasn't even his normal violent he chose poison like he he's playing with a rube goldberg machine honestly he like, came up with me... the s- slickest plan, plan so flat, flat fast. He right. just carries potassium cyanide around, like, on them, just in case. <laughs> also, Viola being like, yeah, I'll pose as the waitress who put something in a cup so that Victor Kudo could see it. Just, you know, available. Like, I, I also love Viola's she's... motivations. Yeah, she's in love with him. She thought that the reason... He that he paid for the operation was because they were destined to be together. But the truth is, is that he doesn't want to be killed by the mafia, which like fair. <laughs> I don't uh, want to be killed yeah. by the mafia. Either. But I, I wouldn't want to be killed with the mafia and have a cool Called assassin girlfriend. <laughs> That's so mean. He did call her dumber than an implant eggplant. Yeah. In I the... mean, he fucked it up. He had so, a goth like... GF and he squandered it. He he fucking did. I I just cannot convey how disappointing that was of him. Uh, So, like, yeah, like, I think it would have been more interesting to have Viola turn on him at the end of the case, like, being like, I'm a witness to these events, and I confess. Like, but instead, we have to have this, like, weird gotcha moment where Phoenix Wright lies in court, and no one else has the brain power to process this. I have to assume that what it was is that like, we all saw him lie in court, and Godot and the judge were, like, too dumbfounded to realize how there was, like, a hole in the logic. Because, mm-hmm. like, Godot, my guy, super cool behind those coffee cups. He knows he's a real slick machine, alright? I'm actually Did beginning... you like it when the, yes! when the lights went yes! off and you got yeah. to see his visor? Yeah, I'm beginning to moment. suspect he might be a dumbass, but... <laughs> oh I... God, okay, the one bit... I forgot about this. Um, Where, where you show him the... Gumshoe shows the apron that the ketchup is spilled on, and he's right. like, what are you talking about? I don't see anything. I see a coffee stain on this apron, because his visor's fucking red. <laughs> yeah, that's so fucking <laughs> good. red, so he can't tell. <laughs> I I have to imagine that inside of his, his actual vision is like a virtual boy. I was like, the whole time they said that, I was like, how does how is he seeing Ellen the tiger? <laughs> he's all red, too. He's <laughs> just like, there's nobody even here who's speaking. He's high contrast. <laughs> I can only see the hair in the tiger stripes on the shirt. Maybe that's why he doesn't like Furio Tigre, is because he's just, like, the silhouette of right, and he goes, that son of a bitch. I'll kill him. <laughs> the uh, one part where he just, like, shows up in the coffee shop and is like, bleh, and then leaves. And I'm like, do you have anything better to do than follow me around, sir? Yeah. What, I also, is your, what do you what is your damage? I love the the fact that so the the person who took place in the phony trial was Winston Payne. And the reason that is is because Godot realized that it wasn't Phoenix Wright and goes, Yeah, I'm not gonna fight him. Who gives a shit? And <laughs> he then, walks <laughs> up and he goes, That's not him, I'm leaving. And then Phoenix Wright, but why couldn't you tell the judge though? Why didn't you tell the judge? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah. 
I I love the idea of an imposter phoenix. I like so many things about this case are amazing to me. A little cardboard badge. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I loved a lot about this case. I just didn't actually like the case. You know, like I mm-hmm. like I liked some like literally every single character in this case was interesting. Even Armstrong, who actually had a character, that's the most impressive part. Um and like. Just, I, like, we, so many flips and flops and through the air about this case, and it couldn't stick the landing for me. I was mm-hmm. taking a shower this morning, and as as I applied the shampoo to my hair, I thought to myself, like, wait a second, wouldn't he have seen the poison? I'm so like, glad yeah. you're here, Tiago, because I probably would have had, like, a similar experience, like, tonight or, like, tomorrow as I was <laughs> washing my hair. Just like, <laughs> hey, wait. Wait, wait a We're second. Doing something what, else. <laughs> what are you seeing? The poison? Um, yeah, absolutely, my friend. Every single piece of evidence is crucial. Every like, I love the um the cyclops on Viola's character is amazing, and like, yeah, I can imagine myself if this was two thousand four, I would definitely see some sick like sad shit part of Viola and Furio Tigre. <laughs> yeah. yeah, where is it, everybody? Like, honestly, oh, I bet it exists. Honestly, actually. I like. I'm if I swear to God, there should be like six. Is the, we gotta get a Phoenix Wright scene? I gotta there's, buy a scene. I mean, there everybody. is. Wait, where is <laughs> it? it? Here, it the, there's oh, there's, so many. there's there's plenty. In Yo, fact, there's actually one that I'm paying life. attention to right now that I was thinking about. Yo, let uh, me submit. What the fuck? <laughs> I was Tag thinking about pre-ordering in. it. So, um, oh, is it? Fuck, it's done, guys. We should yeah, make no, it's already soon. done. Yeah, people still uh, love but, Phoenix Wright. That people are still making scenes. You'll be okay, Tiago. Yeah, like, the thing is, is I haven't linked a lot of them because most of them are either for all the games or they are for games that you guys have not played yeah, yet. No that's so it's that's tough fair. to share without spoilers. We have yeah. to maintain our perfect spotless no knowledge minds. <laughs> yeah, where am I? Where am I going to see my uh, bad slash pick of Viola and Furio? Once we beat yeah. uh, all the games, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah, you can you can start looking for that now, I guess, if you want, because it's not like. No. They show up again. They're 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 def- they're one off NPCs. I'm afraid that if I look but... it up though, I'll just find some other shit. Like, oh, by the way, Phoenix has a twin brother, and it is yeah. Furio yeah. T. I, I I was for personal reasons googling Francisca von Karma's outfit, and even though I carefully put in like the like a game, I saw something that I think is a sprite in the future and immediately like slammed my phone closed and like ran away. <laughs> but I, did, I didn't even get a good look. I was like, oh my god, I can't do anything here. Yeah, exactly. We yeah. can't it, we can't touch a goddamn I just phone. wanted I just wanted a reference. Well, let's visit the Takumi corner here. Quick. Yeah, let's get in there. It was- uh from Takumi's blog when he was writing about this case, uh he mentions up at the top that uh the story of Gyakuten Saiban consists of several episodes. For three, I added one episode to the usual number, so we have five now. Which episode is the most important, you may ask? To tell you the truth, in my mind, I have a ranking of importance to the episodes. It has been the same ever since the first game, and I will explain that ranking. Rank 1, Episode 1. This might be a bit of a surprise, but I think the start is always the most important, not just with games. You need to have people fall in love with the game, or else it's all over. That's why I pay the most importance to the introduction. Rank 2. Episode 2. May I, My idea here is the same. If episode 1 is considered the prologue, then episode 2 is the first real episode. 
I always use the ideas I am most confident about in the second episode. Also, it's partly because I think that people who stop halfway through the game will at least play the second episode. And then rank three, the final episode. I don't think I need to explain this. Anyway, what I want to say here is three, episode three is not really important. No, 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 not, not that. Well, what I mean is after writing the crucial, crucial first two episodes, I often write an episode that I can relax a bit with, like Turnabout Samurai, Turnabout Big Top, and now Turnabout Re- uh, Recipe for a Turnabout. In general, episode three is a story with the lightest touch. Uh, so I thought that was kind of funny. He's <laughs> like, it's, you know, episode three, hmm. not, not, too, not too big a deal. I thought the last case had a lot lighter, less serious feel, if I'm honest. Yeah. yeah it, it has some good, it has some really good moments, though. So I do agree with that he is using his really good ideas in episode two. <laughs> um, I, God, go ahead. I'm just like, but the thing about, like, I actually find that, like, episodes, like, the semi final episodes of some of these games so far, to be more important than the second case, right? Like, mm-hmm. Big Top Turnabout, despite it being probably one of the worst fucking cases we've ever been through, is, like, relevant to the plot of the final case, because, like... Is it? Because, yeah, because Maya is, like, in a fucking trapped apartment nearby the Big Top. They, like, revisit the Big Top as a set. Well, yeah, that's almost like I, a cameo to me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I definitely, I didn't feel, I didn't feel a connection there. I can't remember. I guess, alright, so if I were to try to remember the case two of the previous game. Case two of the first game was, we defended Maya <laughs> from being accused of Mia's death. And then the case two of the second game is, I, I think literally the same thing, we defend Maya again. <laughs> It's the Maya case. And so you what? Like, the case that where you was get your favorite to her one in the previous game, yeah, that's too. Fair, the Green actually. Village. You know what? Never mind. Uh, I guess he's right. Maybe we should fucking try focusing on the third case world. I mean, I liked this a lot better than Turnabout Big Top. And I yeah, think that's for sure. I, I like a brick it. to the face more than Turnabout Big Top. <laughs> um, uh, to the I do face, have maybe. More- yeah, I, yeah, I do have one other bit here, uh, and again, uh, I forgot to mention, this is all translated, as always, by Gyakuten Saiban Library, uh, and uh, this bit here at the end, uh, there is uh, one irregularity to this episode that I will never forget. It happened as I was writing the dialogue for Larry Butts for the second episode, and I was thinking, ah, I'm hungry. What shall I have for lunch? When my eyes fell upon a certain object, it was the bento box of the programmer, Kudo, who was sitting next to my desk. It was a gigantic bento box that had been divided precisely in the middle, and on one side there was rice, and on the other side, it was filled with more weenies than I had ever seen before. Jesus. This rules, actually. What a Takumi. (laughs) What? What's that? That's just too crazy. Kudo, but you know it's really easy to prepare. <laughs> Takumi, I can't even say, say which side is supposed to be the staple food here. Kudo says, no, but look, I have some tamagoyaki here. <laughs> I hadn't noticed it in my inc- excitement, but when I looked closely, I did see the little yellow figure of a cute little tamagoyaki tucked away in the corner. Anyway, I had never seen anything like that in my life. <laughs> it was my encounter with Kudo Ben. 
Oh, don't worry. This isn't an abbreviation of Kudoi Bento, which is irritating Bento. So I was not aware of this. I guess that's a whole term for like when people make weird fucked up Bento boxes. I, I've just, <laughs> just found a new concept that I'm going to be obsessed with for weeks. I like weird, stupid food, everybody. Yeah, so he says, Kudo ben. this is my first encounter with Kudo Ben. It's not an abbreviation for Kudoi Bento. I meant Kudos Bento, just so you understand. This excitement, this emotion, this surprise, this was something that we couldn't just keep for ourselves in the development team. <laughs> so I said, Kudo, make the same Bento tomorrow again. <laughs> oh, okay. And lose the Tamagoyaki. It's not beautiful. Kudo, <laughs> dot, 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 dot. It's not beautiful. It's, the it's following rice day. and cocktail Wheaties, my dude. <laughs> the following day, a photograph of the Kudo Ben was gently taken with a digital camera under the watchful eyes of all of us. The bento box that is filed away in the game as evidence is in fact an edited version of that photograph. <laughs> That's so good, actually. This That's is a beautiful incredible. story. Incredible. I'm glad I got to know this. I just, had... uh, I just love that the programmer, you know, just brings in this huge bento box split down the middle, exactly how it is in game. <laughs> what the fuck? And uh, Takumi found it so blindingly incredible that he was like, I got to put this in game. That's... It's the equivalent of making a misspelling in the group chat and all your friends roasting you, except Takumi took your dumbass bento box and put it in a game for all I... eternity. I... I make you make it again so I can photograph it. Right. <laughs> what the fuck, dog? Oh, that's oh. so good. Uh, so yeah, um, that's the Takumi corner for, uh, this episode. Uh, I think, uh, overall this, uh, case, despite its issues, it still had a lot of fun individual moments, I think. Oh yeah. And individual moments adding up and individual character beats adding up can still mean a lot and and help sway the opinion of it i i do like a lot of the stuff between maggie and gumshoe in particular uh i like how much development we get for them um and uh this spawns a a wonderful beautiful friendship between the two of them uh from here on out so i'm quite happy about that as well uh did anybody get the really bad meme jokes at blue screen incorporated no. Nobody uh, found this one? Okay. I don't if get you, it. I don't know what a meme is. If you talk to Basil at yeah. Blue Screen Incorporated and you pre pre present irrelevant evidence, uh -huh. the generic response, uh, she says, I'm sorry, that data is super admin restricted desktop access password protected. Meyer then responds with super admin restricted de desktop access password protected? What? This is madness. And Wright says, no, Maya, that is Sparda. Okay. Wait. All right, I guess. I literally don't get it. Uh, the, ad, the initials of the uh, yeah. program that they're talking about spells out Sparta. Okay. And this is a reference a to the old... Joke. Old meme oh about three hundred. Go all the way back. Madness. This is you know. This is madness. Madness. This is Sparta. Yeah. 
go all the way back. I would oh, like to play yeah, the life really of one old, translator. Bad jokes. Jesus. Two thousand nine. Um. Uh, wait. So yeah, <laughs> this game out. This game came out two thousand nine. Uh, the launch. Gotta double check my notes here. I, I guess you know what that actually makes sense because that's when the DS came out. I was 2007. So was the DS? Uh, or was the yeah? Was the DS launch? How did I not process that? I literally 2007. I so I I submit every piece of evidence to an NPC whenever possible. So I ran through <laughs> that line God. like 50 times, and I was just like, didn't even think of it. I didn't even think about it. I like I was Bliss. just blissfully unaware. <laughs> and now, now that I'm... you know, hey, that sucks. <laughs> Boo! It, it sucks. Boo! It sucks to know terrible things. Um, I like Basil. <laughs> I found her land. Yeah, fair. She doesn't show up for very long. Yeah, and, sh- and she'll never show up again. Nope. You know so... who else hasn't shown up? Actually, I do want to talk about that. Okay. Because I think we got a little foreshadowing in this case. So, when you go to Tenderlander and you talk to Miss Viola, and you tell her the truth about her her man and how he is just, you know, basically he's betrayed her, her love for him so that he can get money to pay off her grandfather doesn't actually love her and he's involved her in this poisoning plot phoenix says oh yes okay this is unexcusable and maya seems a little shocked by him and he has his little thought bubble and he says there's two things i hate poisonings and betrayal (laughs) wait fuck she will return no (laughs) i mean fuck shit all right we got two cases left all right one whole dollar. <laughs> One whole dollar is, a, is on the line. And I can't that's afford a lot, to leave. That's a lot for the two of us. <laughs> Perhaps you can borrow some money from the tender lender for a larger bet. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. You, you know what, Rose? Yeah? Would you like to raise the stake? No. Oh, okay. I was, I was, <laughs> yeah. We Party. just got a whole case about the dangers of gambling. I was just no. going to make it two dollars. <laughs> Whoa! Double up, double or nothing. Um, no. Okay, fair enough. I uh, can't. I. I. That's excessive spending. <laughs> if you're so sure, it's not spending at all. It's all gain. No, I. I actually, I'm not a big gambling person. I generally yeah. don't approve of it. Fuck! I'm the gambler. How do I convince someone who doesn't like gambling how to gamble? I the gambling addiction <laughs> runs in my family, and I um. Not a fan. A gambling addiction runs through me. Well, you should <laughs> yeah. cut that out. Nah. If we anyway. ever go to a casino, I'm taking everyone's wallets, everyone's cards, and I'm just going to carry them around in my bag. I mean, my plan then is simply just to not go with you. Mm-hmm. Well, then I'm not going to be responsible for what you do. <laughs> and then I'm going to get caught at Tender Lender, and then Fierro Seeker is going to impersonate me in court. I- Oh, I thought you were going to get murdered with cyanide, potassium cyanide. <laughs> again, wild that he just has that. Yeah, he's just got some floating around, you know. Alright, so like, clearly this is supposed to be a Yakuza thing, because like, he's supposed to be like a businessman, and he's like, yeah, I have ties to the Yakuza. But they can't mm-hmm. reference the Yakuza in American media, so it turns into the Mafia. 
And I love that the head of the family, Cadaverini, is just this, like, old A radical name. Like, first of all, radical name. Second of all, just this old Japanese man and be like, yep, that's Cadaverini. And I'm, like, looking at him and I'm just like, this is the Yakuza member. (laughs) I I just, I kind of lost it because I was just like, you couldn't even, like, say that it was the Yakuza. You have to go all the way to the mafia and give, like, we had to. Ad- you could have Italianed his sprite up a little bit, like give him some pasta. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just love give that him we a had to mustache. A- we just had to Italian code viola. Like that was the solution. Was simply make viola Italian, <laughs> and like mustache would have worked. I agree. <laughs> little Mario had go wahoo. Um, wahoo so you owe me money, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so my overall feelings for this case are I love all the moving parts and I love separate pieces of this. It's just the ending where it fell flat for me and that was it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't like the well, end and I didn't I like left from right. I liked the I would like it as a whole, but the ending was kind of very abrupt. Yeah. Um, I liked everything else. Yeah, everything else is fucking sweet. Unimportant but rocks. cool lore that the judge speaks Spanish. Oh yeah, he yeah. would have gotten uh Ul Arata Alada immediately. He would have said, that. <laughs> <laughs> "We watched the Batman the other night, listeners." That's that's also a sick detective. Imagine Phoenix Wright has to defend Bruce Wayne from Batman. My new fanfic. <laughs> I'd read it. Um... If you really like the idea of mixing Phoenix Wright and Batman, I have a show to tell you about called The Big O. <laughs> oh my fucking god! I you know what? That's my fucking fault. I just walked uh, into that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that'll do it for us this week then, folks. Um, coming up next will be uh, Turnabout Beginnings, which is the fourth case in the uh, game here. And uh, it's kind of a shorter one, actually. Uh, if I recall correctly, it is uh, almost just a little bit more than a tutorial case. Uh, so we kind of get a small... Fun little interlude here before we head into the final case, which is a doozy. Uh, But this sets up some stuff. There's some interesting stuff in this one. So I'm very excited to see what you guys think as you get into this one, because a bunch of things will start to click into place, I think, as soon as you play this one, where it's all plot from here on out. I think it's worth saying, I guess, on my part, um, I got burnt out on Ace Attorney games back in high school around this point. So Mm -hmm. I stopped playing this game about halfway through the last case. So I know all the twists and stuff and the story and everything, but I haven't played it. So a lot of this stuff, while it's kind of quote unquote new to me, I still know how it ends and things like that. So Mm -hmm. I guess I'm sort of interested to see how my opinion changes based on just knowing how it happens versus actually watching it happen yeah yeah uh so yeah should be fun um we'll try to keep uh keep streaming all those as well god i hope uh, the so you... opening cutscene has dahlia hawthorne in it <laughs> oh, fuck, i'm not i'm not betting a dollar on that because i actually don't think that's what's gonna happen but it would be funny if it did <laughs> if the opening cutscene shows up dahlia hawthorne i i mean i'm gonna have to venmo rose like on podcast yeah, for posterity's sake. Yeah, don't we'll do we'll do it on the podcast. The people will see. 
the people yeah. will see me hand you one American dollar. Um, yeah. Well, gentle listener, I hope uh, you will stay tuned for this because I think we'll have some fun times next episode. You can follow the show on Twitter at Ace Attorney Pod to stay up to date on the latest episodes as well as the streams and YouTube VODs of Desi and I playing through the game. You can follow me on Twitter at Yotsuben. Desi, where can people find you? At yes, yes on the awful Bluebird site. <laughs> it's even worse now. And uh, Tiago? I'm at Tiago Astutra. It's always been shitty here. <laughs> That's my secret cap. It's <laughs> always been shit. Tiago's right. Bad but uh, true. Things Edwards. can always things can always be worse. You can find me at Trauma Arts. <laughs> um and you can find my personal uh Twitter at Rose Nonsense. You can also find um me actively putting an egg in a different basket, uh at rosenonsense.tumblr.com. <laughs> Just to Alrighty. be safe. Just to be safe, everyone. Nobody panic. Just yeah. consider your options. Be cool. Right. I still have my fucking Tumblr. It's like 13 years old or something like that. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, my mom knows my old Tumblr, so we're moving Aww. on. <laughs> well, once they, once they purge the Not Safe for Work, I have nowhere to go. Dude, fucking same, Captain. Oh, yeah. We're all <laughs> staying on Twitter. We're staying. This is the only <laughs> nope. safe place to see a titty. I don't know. <laughs> and I do- <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you'll rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. Next episode, we will be playing the third case of Trials and Tribulations. Case, nope, not third case, the fourth case of Trials and Tribulations. 3-4, Turnabout Beginnings. We'll see you next time. Happy May Day, Workers Unite! (laughs) Happy May Day, Workers Unite! (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) <laughs> Fuck it. I wasn't expecting the proletariat at the very end. Yeah. What did you what else would you expect from me? That's on me. Uh, I Alrighty. It says International Workers Day right here on Time.is. Yeah. Oh shit, also, that's also that's, that's why I saw a meme about Deep Space Nine earlier today. That makes sense. Also also on a on a lighter note, happy May Day. Summer is here. Yeah. Summer? 